Hey, Lee Fickers is open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, a live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and you got to check out my new band, Extreme Empathy Deficit. We're uh, getting pretty good and opening in shows all over the place, so check us out. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom on the Chronic Rift Network. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Ella, what temperature is it in London? <laughs> um, I think our low today was a, uh, a chilly 34. Oh, that sounds sweltering compared to where I am. <laughs> Um, and we're supposed to be up uh, to 50 in a couple of days. Oh, so boy. Shorts weather. I, that sounds so fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Things have been a lot different uh, where I am and where you're from. Uh, we've been experiencing yes. this polar vortex thing, which apparently um, plays havoc with broadband uh, internet lines, and I assume cable as well. So yeah, I was uh, so surprised when you said when you said your internet was down. I was like, oh, it's cold like yeah Yeah. it's been down all all week actually and so uh that's what's behind uh, our delayed show but we still got it done and we're actually running off of my phone so (laughs) if the show suddenly cuts out that's what's going on but i think that we're going to be able to make it through this um well it snows once here and like three quarters of students in every single one of my classes are gone and my professor was like well i'm glad you guys made it here safe it's slippery out there today oh really yeah like they have no idea (laughs) yeah i'm sure it's a different environment completely um there's probably like one one old guy that uh runs the snowplow in london it's like an old-timey steampunk snowplow or something like that that's (laughs) what i picture in my head if they had even one snowplow, I would be surprised. <laughs> Runs oh, off man. a boiler, yeah. Literally. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, before we get started, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the more news that we've gotten this week about new Trek shows. Uh, Star Trek czar Alex Kurtzman, a.k.a. The Kurtz, has been doing interviews for the Television Critics Association, and he's got some updates on the new Trek shows. Uh, the announced Giorgio show is still in development with a tentative release date sometime in 2021, and apparently it will show how Section 31 goes from, like we see in Discovery, um, an acknowledged branch of Starfleet, a special operations secret branch, to the completely mm-hmm. unknown, like legendary black ops organization that we see in DS9. Which is a question that I've I had. oh my god yeah, I'm, I was literally I was just talking about this today about how nervous I am about all of the shows yeah <laughs> uh, they, nervous it's like they just keep it's like a clown car <laughs> yes exactly a clown shuttlecraft like, yes yeah I'm like this is the a Galileo lot seventy yeah of stuff yeah like how many like Star Trek TV shows have been running like on the air at the same time you know what I mean like yeah there's been like two right. Right, right. So, uh, and now we're going to have like six, and I... <laughs> <laughs> and the way that they're going to combat that, uh, as much as they've really got into that or talked about it, I think, is, you know, staggering them uh, in release so that they won't net be on at the same time, necessarily. And then, of course, just the wide variety of issues, characters they're tackling, having animated shows, having a more kid-oriented, maybe family-friendly show in uh, Starfleet Academy, 
So, yeah, I mean, I, it seems like they've got a plan, but I don't think anybody's done anything really like this before. No, no. And see, I think CBS just wants to really, they're like, oh, people are paying attention to disco, like, go, like, find all the nerds, like, <laughs> like and they're just trying to do as much as they can. But I hope that, like, they get all the right people and they have everything under control because I think when you announce five shows at once, it can go downhill um, very fast. Yes, and it can make uh, diehard fans nervous, but diehard yeah. fans will also uh, uh, stick with it, I think, like I'm going to. Um, he also said, Kurtz, the Kurtz, that the Picard series would be um, it'd show the next chapter of Picard's life uh, after Starfleet and present a very different character than we remember. And on Twitter, Patrick Stewart himself has said that it's very important to him, uh, just being involved in this show, that it covers new territory for the character. And he also described the show as a 10-hour movie. So oh, man. Of, yeah, a lot of serialization and uh, telling a story, you know, from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. I feel and, like we're getting, we're getting a lot more of that now, too, where it's mm-hmm, like this condensed, mm-hmm. it's like this very, it's very much like high television, like HBO. Yes, like a 10-episode series, but it's, like, just on TV. Yeah. Uh, the Kurtz yeah. also announced two additional upcoming short treks that will be in animated format. Um, this will be similar, but not the same to the Lower Decks show. Uh, one will be directed by um, Olatundi Osunsamni, and I practiced that so hard and still screwed it up. Uh, he's <laughs> the director of tonight's episode. And the other will be directed by Incredibles composer Michael Giacchino. <gasps> what he really oh wants God. to do is direct. <laughs> <laughs> Academy Award winning composer but uh, yeah so this will be a new uh, avenue a new opportunity for him so that'll be interesting to see but uh, tonight we have seen the third episode of Star Trek Discovery season two point of light and we're here to break it down for you and before we start as always we're setting a course for the spoiler zone listeners to so be warned we're glad you decided to join us but if you haven't seen the episode spoilers are incoming the official synopsis for Point of Light is a surprise visitor to the USS Discovery brings shocking news about Spock and dredges up past regrets for Burnham. Following the asteroid incident, Tilly struggles to keep a grip on her reality. Lorel's authority on Kronos is threatened. This episode was written by Andrew Colville, a staff writer for Discovery on Season 2. He also serves as a co-executive producer for this season, and he previously wrote and uh, produced for the AMC series Turn, Washington Spies. And the episode is directed by Olatundi Onsunsamni. Got it better that time. Mm-hmm. He previously directed The Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry and the short trek Calypso. And fun Ooh. fact, uh, running, a, running a half marathon, as Tilly and the other uh, <laughs> trainees do in this episode, uh, presumably around Discovery's saucer section and based on a 225-meter diameter of the saucer would take you 29 times around, 29 and three-quarter laps around the saucer. I'm not a math guy. <laughs> That's what I got based on the stated length of the crossfield class at 750.5 meters from stem to stern. My question is, do they wear black-soled tennis shoes when they run? Because I imagine some poor cadet is going to be scrubbing a lot of smudges off of the deck plate. Oh. Running going remember, remember in a gym in high school, you know, you had to wear non-black-soled yes. shoes. <laughs> and I'm like, what kind of kid is going to... Do they mean just like if your Air Jordans are black? Like some kid's going to come in like... <laughs> dress shoes or wingtips or something like that play a little dodgeball oh man and it's something that we've seen i mean i i think the the circular sort of pattern and the two circles you know the rotating circles on discovery are um 
very distinct, and I think they're emphasizing that. But every saucer section, there must be some long corridor. So we could have seen in the past, like on TNG or something, or even on you know DS9, people uh, doing this jogging thing. But I, it's a, I like it. It's a, it's a nice element. We never see them doing any like PT, and this is a, this is an army. This is a navy. We've seen people jog past on other shows, haven't we? Am I making that up? Maybe. Um, it just seems like they were so excited about the holodeck that everybody just does everything you know, yeah. there, playing uh, spring ball or, or whatever it is. Well, uh, as far as this episode itself goes, <laughs> I feel like we have to go back to the old... Uh, remember when we used to say for every episode, this episode is the new best episode? Yes. Well, uh, this episode, I think, is uh, the new best episode, or at least my new favorite episode. And it is, uh, there is quite a lot going on. And this is the first time for me, and I want to get your uh, thoughts in a second, but it's the first time for me that Mm -hmm. Discovery has really started to lean into being WTF Trek. And and I like it. You know, people talk about Trek shows finding their own lanes, you know, and finding their own voice. And this just seems to be the show where every week something is happening and you're like, what is going on? And I like that. I'm finally riding the wave of chaos instead of just being like, what's this? What's this? What did you think of uh, Point of Light? I liked it. Um, It really, it was a lot this week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, I, whenever I look at Ash, I get so mad. (laughs) (laughs) And I do like, as a concept, like his character, he is conflicted. He's complicated, he's Ash, and he's not Ash, he's both, he's not both, he's both of them, he's neither, and I think it's, like, fantastic, and it's interesting to see him, like, as a human in these um, Klingon, like, scenarios, but when I look at his face, I'm angry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's not just the man bun, right? No, (laughs) although, I mean, I was more irritated by the beard um, than the man bun, to be honest. I was like, that's a little long. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, he's, uh, he's got a home, um, kombucha brewing, uh, business he's trying to get off the ground. Oh my God. Um, we, well, the Klingons of course return in this episode and they, um, I, I just don't know what to say. I'm going to say wow a lot in this episode, I think, but just wow. Like <laughs> everything about what we see on Kronos looks great. Then the Klingon high council chamber looks amazing. Um, I hope yeah. they have a good sprinkler system, uh, in case of any accidents, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's great. Um, immediately setting up, you know, the new threat uh, on the Klingon side, what's going on. Uh, you know, we meet uh, Kolsha, who is Cole's dad, I guess, or his uncle or something. How is he related to, or, or sorry, um, yeah, to Cole. He was Cole's dad. Yeah. Uh, he's got that same paint. And so, of course, the paint is his, uh, his big thing. <laughs> and then having to see, like, Tyler be like, come on, bro. Come on, I'll fight you right now. Like, that, uh, oh, that was honestly so funny <laughs> it's just so it's like Klingons are already so like like almost like hyper masculine and then to have just like this dude with a bun and a beard <laughs> yeah. being like take it off dude yeah <laughs> yeah I'm Clem Fandango let's do this come on oh yeah uh, and we see um, it just a little like this is the kind of like canon like drop in that I don't really mind. Like we see them go, hey, we're a new regime and we've got a new present for everybody. It's the new D7 cruiser. And so, bam, yeah. we've got the ship with that we know. We'll probably start seeing that uh, come going forward on Discovery. That's fine. I also liked a little thing where you've got this thing where Laurel is the uh, chancellor and then she's got this 
a torchbearer like her second who is a human mm-hmm. guy and it sort of presages you know Picard acting as uh, Chadich for Worf uh, later on in TNG oh. so and that didn't you know that didn't go over all that well <laughs> I guess it went okay <laughs> but uh, they're still not uh, really accepting of him and we see a lot I thought they did a good job of building up the kind of paranoia that he experiences where he opens a door and there's a bunch of guys. And if they were talking and now they're not, he's like, you saying something about me? What's going on? Why'd you stop talking? I. Oh, God, just a map. First of all, everything is so dark. It's like you can't imagine living. you're living there. You can't see anything. Everyone yeah. else is Klingon. And like, you know, in your like in your heart of hearts or whatever, like, you know that you're a Klingon, but you're also, he still refers to Voke in the third person, so it's like, like, he doesn't think he's, like, I just can't even, uh, it's, like, so stressful. Yeah, he wants it so bad, but even those little, uh, yeah, referring to him in third person, and it kind of betrays mm-hmm. that he's he's divided, and I do like how, of course, the huge bombshell <laughs> that we get in this episode is Klingon baby! Oh my god. Which that was like, you know, I tend to so you see previews and you tend to kind of expect like what's going to happen in an episode. And they did a good job. Like the, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, oh, man, Same. This is... I never I I I mean, I say this every time, but I never know what's coming. And yeah, yeah. I was very surprised the entire all the way up to until the literal shot of the baby. I was like, what is that? A chair? What? <laughs> yeah, right. I couldn't even figure out what it was. <laughs> She's been keeping this chair from me. Yeah, I have I to like, wonder. <laughs> I have to wonder if so. The kid's got no name, and the kid is has white skin, and they're giving mm-hmm. him away uh, to somebody else. So I have to wonder if they're just setting up that this this guy will become you know the albino that we see in DS Nine. I don't care. I'm, I'm not tracking it, but it does seem <laughs> like oh that could be a possibility. I hadn't thought of that at yeah. all. Um. Also, <laughs> just a quick note. Uh, I don't. We may have, we might have talked about like parentage and how families work on this show or on enterprising individuals, but they both ditch that kid real fast. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, quick. Yeah. Quick. And I have to wonder in the twenty third or twenty fourth century, where I'm sure they're okay with you know a village raising a child. Are there a lot of parents in the galaxy that are like, yeah? not really the time for me and then of course <laughs> orphanages because it's the 24th century you've got unlimited resources and a lot of people with time and willing to help you could you know you could be raised okay in like a group home um so what so, is the planned parenthood of the 20th yeah, century? yeah right yeah <laughs> and if you've just got like mm, that stuff there's stuff i haven't done yet uh we'll just drop my kid off at kid's timeout <laughs> For the next ten years, and then yeah, maybe I'll, maybe just I'll see him again. Just it down. I was like, can you, can we? Oh, just a baby in a transporter beam. I was <laughs> like, that makes me that kinda, baby. I don't really like that. <laughs> Hashtag transport that baby. Yeah, you can't even like take it down in this shuttle. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we also see um, that Laurel. I really like their relationship. I think that they've done a good job continuing to lengthen the sides, if you will, of this love triangle. And you see that Tyler and Laurel have a complicated relationship. She cares about him, but she's also, he's kind of a kept man. You know, she's treating him kind of as a pet. And then even when she does try to get close to him, he's like, I still kind of like, like the Tyler part of me feels like that. 
uh, when we get together. So she's so offended, but like, yeah, yeah, she's the one who implanted those memories in him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. she was like, you know what the backstory will be? It'll be that I assaulted you yeah, right. on a daily basis. <laughs> right. And then when he's Use like, that. um, I don't like when you touch me, I freak out. And she it is just like, I have to go. <laughs> yeah, right. And then immediately he's like, Okay, all right, I'll do it. Like, I'll be with you forever. That's what we're gonna do. Even though we know that I love it when characters like say things that they don't really mean because yeah. they feel compelled to. Like this is some great uh kind of character stuff. Which would take us to, let's leave um, the other, let's leave section 31 for the end here. Uh, that would take us to Burnham. Uh, of course, Burnham contacts um, Tyler Vok in this episode. And they do a great job in that sort of um, hollow call where they show sort of both sides of it. And then they have that great composite shot near the end where they're like kind of both in the same room, but it's like half yeah, and half a gorgeous. room. Yeah, that looks gorgeous. Yeah, that looks great. And they're still trying to work out what's <laughs> what's happening between them. And uh, she's looking for advice from from him, um, and it's a call that they probably shouldn't have made because, of course, it gets him in trouble. It kind of accelerates, like Burnham tends to do, kind of accelerates uh, and complicates the conflict uh, for him on Kronos. Which, I mean, what did he expect to happen? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Although, I mean, could... the, the like paint sensor thing was a surprise, but like, How could he still... know the paint was bugged? There's no way he could have known that. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah, um, back on Discovery, we've got Tilly um, immediately dealing with the problem of May that we saw last week. And I think it's really great. I think it's probably evidential of the fact that this, you know, this will all play out this second season um, week to week. But I, they definitely planned the first six episodes first. And so I think that we're going to get a lot of things dealt with kind of, you know, within the first five or six episodes. Yeah, I'm Whereas, so happy they took care of that spore thing because it's been yeah. driving me insane. They could have dragged that out forever, yeah. Because I was like, oh, I guess it's just, I guess that shot means nothing. Like, I, and I was getting so mad because I was like, there's a gun on the mantle and it somebody has to shoot it. Like, that's the rule. <laughs> Why did they do a close-up of that specific thing? I was really Chekhov's like... spore, yeah. Oh my God, but... Finally. Yeah. And and having like a character see, you know, something or have hallucinations. I mean, that could that could go a whole season. But oh, I, definitely. Like, I like the fact that this whole what I love so far about the show and definitely about this season is that they are really trying to explore um, the ideas of mental illness. And they're doing it. That, in is, that is what I was going to bring up. Is yeah. I'm consistently so impressed with them because it's not like it's not like this, like uncomfortable, almost like kids show where they're like. Sometimes you feel I sad. Got problems. Don't for talk to two me. Two weeks, and then yeah. it's time to see a doctor. Yeah. But like, and like Tilly in this episode, like she's not technically like sick, right? She doesn't have like a mental ill. She's under like strain, but it's not like she doesn't have. She's not having a um a quote unquote real hallucination, right? Because it's the like alien that's doing that's appearing to her, right? Um, if that does that make sense. Yeah, yeah, it's a sci-fi trope. It's a sci-fi representation of, you know, it stands in for something like delusions or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then when they were in, when she was talking to Michael about it, um, and, like, she just, like, broke down and was like, I'm de like I'm desperate. I need, like, something's wrong with, like, I see her that I was so, like, moved and... um Obviously, her performance was fantastic, but yeah, it's like they keep bringing this back up, where, where like with um, 
Tyler just being constantly screwed up or like Saru always being nervous. Like, I just think it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's a good argument for a counselor on a ship, but, (laughs) but it does show that their relationship has really developed that she could, you know, feel so distraught and have this thing that happens on the bridge. And then she just kind of comes to Michael and goes, here it is. I don't even know what to do, but I know I can tell you. And then I like the fact that, (laughs) that, <clears throat> that uh, Burnham just logics her way out of it. <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, all right, well, let's look at this thing here. Uh, you've got these delusions, but they have information or whatever that they couldn't, or she doesn't know what crying is, which doesn't make any sense because mm-hmm. if it came from your mind. And so, yeah, the Vulcan psychologist, it works out perfectly. I also loved how she was so, like, remember the first episode where she meets Tilly? Yeah. And Tilly's like, the only female Michael I know is Michael Burno, you're not her. And Michael's like, dear God. And then to hear where she's like, Tilly, tell me what's wrong right now. Like just like the amount of emotion that was coming out of her. I was like, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Character growth. Like you're making friends. That's what we want. Yeah. Um, so that plays out. Then it gets like a little Ghostbuster-y. <laughs> like they, they oh draw my, like I, this, honestly. this creature out of her. Yeah, which uh, I'm, you know, that we've kind of left with a cliffhanger, but it's fine. We'll just be back next week and we'll get more information yeah, that thing about is what just that is. like in a force field bubble. Yeah, like right, it. right. That's pretty, um, that's pretty tidy to be able to just wrap it up in a force field like that. So we'll get back. Which it's a little, I feel nobody seems to be nervous like as nervous as they should be about this like alien like spore like about this alien like fungus from a different universe that can like just grow inside of your chest and cause you to have hallucinations (laughs) and it had some sort of agenda of its own like and and (laughs) nobody is super concerned they're like Samus is like well this might hurt and Saru is like hey like throw a force field around that i guess it's like i feel like this is a bigger <laughs> issue here it seems like some sort of quarantine has been broken it's almost quitting time come on let's wrap this up For real. oh man well they're professionals they'll they'll deal with it uh we get amanda in this episode uh standing in for um what we thought was going to be Sarek. uh but it was good to see amanda and it's good to see if it had been Sarek, it would have been him and burnham just not really saying anything to each yeah, other and then yeah. eventually saying something to each other. So it was good to see more of a connection between them. And we learn more about the mystery. What's going on here? Apparently Spock killed some guys and like got away. Um, so we're trying to figure out if he himself is under some sort of um, mental illness or a different state of consciousness or if he's being influenced by something and what the, what this red angel is and the, how it ties into what happened to Michael Burnham when she was young uh, and being in, caught in the uh, logic um, extremists bombing. So we're getting, uh, it looks like we're digging more into the backstory of what we had from uh, season one, as far as our characters go. Yeah. I just think, I think someone knows something and it wasn't like Spock being like, Oh, I'm going crazy. I have these dreams. Like, let me check myself into the mental hospital. Cause I think Spock is too, a little bit too dumb and definitely too stubborn for that. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I think it was more of, he figured something out and somebody was like, Hey, guess where you're going? The freak ward, like have fun. Um, 
and then that's why he had to like he he's trying to escape you know what yeah. i mean like he killed those people because they're holding him because he has information i have no idea what the information could possibly be yeah um because nothing makes any sense but yeah i'm trying to it's a conspiracy well it definitely is <clears throat> and you have to wonder if it's the type of thing where the people uh in charge know more than they're saying you know um Pike yeah. talks to his uh to his admiral friend and he's like well you know he's classified i can't really can't really talk about that and so we have to kind of work on this mystery without the help of the powers that be, but that's what makes a good detective story, usually. And yeah. it's weird, too, because we know, just three episodes in, we know that whatever the angel is, it seems to have a penchant for helping people or saving people, or at least uh, in, in a way that At least thinks, burn them. Yeah, burn them, and also the... Because that means that makes twice it saved Burnham now, right? Or it appeared the one time right, and saved her the first time, theoretically, because yeah. it told Spock where she was. And the inhabitants of New Eden as well. Um, so that's its mm -hmm. sort of thing. And I don't, we still don't know. I mean, it's red. The lights are red. I think we can assume that there's some kind of connection, but we still don't know mm -hmm. what's going on with it. Yeah, I have absolutely zero idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about uh, our favorite empress that we hate to love or love to yeah. hate. Uh Giorgio is back now. Now, I guess, just, again, Captain Giorgio, uh, working for Section 31, and she comes in fairly near to the end of the episode. Mm. After a pretty cool fight, she uh, turns it up a notch and just uh, explodes everybody, and uh, she's uh, ready to go. And uh, I like the idea that, at least at this point in their history, they do kind of act like the CIA, like specifically in this case, they're watching out for Laurel and her new administration because they realize if she, mm -hmm. she's under a lot of pressure and if she fails they're well, they're trying to prevent the Klingon empire from becoming a failed state basically. And they're trying yeah. to intervene to keep it going. Uh, so there isn't chaos and she's willing to do quite a bit. And I like how she talks to Laurel and she's like, okay, so number one, we got to kill Tyler. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. Uh, we got to kill this baby. You want to kill a baby? Uh, no, you're not going to do that either? Okay. So I guess I'll give you the next best thing, which is extremely lifelike heads. <laughs> or Oh, can, yeah. Can we talk about the baby heads? Yeah, they got a baby head. I get that they're Klingons, but that, <laughs> to, like, Mary Chifo with just, like, a baby head in her palm. I feel like, I get that the, you know, it's an internet show, so it's edgy, but, like, I feel like there's, that's a little, that's a little much. <laughs> One more and she can juggle. Just get uh, the other oh, guy's God. head in there. Yeah. Yeah, that was intense. But, also, you know, <laughs> you'd never see that on TNG, but it's the kind of intensity <gasps> that would convince a Klingon, I think. True, true. Yeah, it was it, it was very in character, but I was watching it and I was like, is this like okay? Like are people gonna be salty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh so problem taken care of as far as we know for now, although like all good empires based on lies, uh and of course she tells them to call her mother. So I'm not sure if she's mother that Laurel was now, the but badass thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I'm the mommy. I loved that line. But it was cool. It was there's a lot of political theater <laughs> in all yeah. interactions yeah. Uh, of uh, of the Klingon Empire, and I thought that that was right in character. Um, what do you think about? So we see Giorgio go back to her ship, and I think that guy that she talks to is the same guy who recruited her 
uh, in season one, right? I'm not familiar with the. Oh, I don't know. But uh, it seems like this is the Section Thirty One ship. It looks like Tyler's on board after he drops Son of Son of None off on that monk mm-hmm. world. Uh, are we getting a preview of the Giorgio show? Is this kind of a backdoor pilot? I mean, I don't know about a backdoor pilot, but it's like now I feel like is Ash going to be in the show? Like, is he going to become part of her crew? And then it's going to, the show is going to be Giorgio and Ash. And then like the rest of the 31 crew or whatever. Like I have no idea where they're going with it. That would be cool. Um, I don't want to see him separated for too long from, from Michael Burnham, but yeah. I do think, again, like we said, like they're not they're not doing that thing where they can just milk things forever. They have this mm-hmm. um, triangle that's tense and is politically inconvenient for this mm-hmm. ruler. And so they go, the solution is we'll just get rid of it. And so now he's yeah. not with her and on his own. And that's just something that I'm so far I'm really enjoying about this new season is that I think they're willing to to build up to something in like a game of thrones style for instance you know have these long running uh scenarios but instead of just having and i love game of thrones but instead of having the imp just sit and drink (laughs) for six episodes and just keep saying things they're like here's a problem here's a solution but it doesn't solve everything and so the next episode will have to deal with the next part of the solution Mm -hmm. like they're doing a pretty good job of that yeah also i love how much effort um, Giorgio is putting into seeming like Captain Philippa Giorgio as opposed yeah. to Emperor Giorgio, like right. literally nothing. Like she doesn't <laughs> care. Like that second where Ash was like, Are you like, I don't think uh and she was like, What are you talking about? I'm Captain Philippa Giorgio. Like I ding! love telescopes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, that was pretty great. Uh <laughs> uh what'd you think about the uh the new look of the Klingons? I'm I really they would have to do something really drastic for me to be upset at all about the look of the Klingons (laughs) like yeah um I think I probably like it more than the initial design just because it's a little bit more reminiscent of TOS I feel like yeah um but yeah I'm not really I've ever really been hooked on on what they look like i feel i yeah i have i'm just not i don't have an eye for detail and so when people (laughs) complain about specific changes or whatever i don't ever really know what they're talking about um (laughs) kind of same (laughs) (laughs) so as long as it's consistent it doesn't you know it doesn't really bother me and i thought that they they look good some the costumes are great and some of the just the like i love um their hair was great um Mm -hmm. That uh, near the end, uh, she's got that like scaled dragon looking. Oh my like, god! Head, I couldn't headdress. stop staring at that. Yeah, yes. that was really great. And you, you knew that they knew what they had because they started with that the whole like oh the world's flipping upside down shot. But it starts from her back, so we just, mm-hmm. just get to see it from all angles when it comes down. And yeah, um, thumbs up. <laughs> Which speaking of Game of Thrones, gosh. With the uh, the dragon scales and her saying to, for her to call them mother, because that's what people call Daenerys. Well, now I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's too far. Uh, no, there might there might be some influence there, but uh, let's just uh, yeah, it's just a coincidence. It I do think it is a coincidence. 
I'm surprised that like so Game of Thrones is like done shooting now, right? Or they, it's, uh, definitely. I think they're close. So I'm surprised that you we don't see, or maybe I'm just not looking in the right places. But a lot of those, there's a lot of talented, you know, actors and character actors there, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them pop up in some of these new um, these new shows, Star Trek shows. Oh, I hope so. I Sophie big, Turner uh, was out um, having tea with her with her husband at this place that I really want to go to. And when I read the article, I was so mad because I was like, I could have been there today. <laughs> uh, that I can't remember the guy's name, but the, the guy with the, the big guy with the beard um, who plays the character whose name I can't remember on Game of Thrones, but like he'd be good. Get him in like a Klingon the or big, something. The big guy with the beard. The big guy, he's got the big red bushy beard and he does those uh, hotel commercials. We have different we have different commercials in America, I guess. <laughs> He's a wildling or something. Um oh, oh uh uh starts with the T. Uh yes, okay. I know Tor- who you're talking about. Tor let's say Torvald. How about that? That's a good uh, It's something like it's yeah, it's something really close to that. Well anyway, let's get him in there. <laughs> Don't shave the beard, keep it. Just have a red haired Klingon. You can just have a stare down with Ash. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. The other thing about the Klingon designs is it's like, if you look at, like, how different just, like, one person can look from another person, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't really care if the Klingons look different because, like, they ha- there's a whole planet full of them. You know? Like... Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, and they, it looks like they, and again, this isn't something that I really needed fixed, but it looks like they are, you know, they're laying a lot of groundwork to having this idea of 24 houses and sort of getting them all together. And it's like, no, no, you guys, we don't wear yeah. face paint anymore. Start growing your hair out. We're going to use the same ships. Mm-hmm. We got to homogenize this thing. Get it, get it back to, <laughs> we got a multiculture. We got to get a monoculture. You know how this works. <laughs> we got to live on a planet with one biome. That's how it works. Uh, well, was there anything else that you wanted to say about the episode you haven't gotten to? Um, I don't know. It was just, it was, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't super stressed. The, the only time that I was stressed was when Tilly was having a breakdown in the middle of that uh, command training yeah. exercise. Yeah. <laughs> I like had my hands over my ears. <laughs> like if I don't hear it, it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And we continue to have, it seems like Pike's just got a soft spot for her. Like he's, you know, still, I mean, who doesn't. Yeah, sure. I really, I really love that. I hope we get to see more of um, them doing those training exercises together. Cause that's really sweet. And it's totally different from Lorca, of course, because, yeah. uh, because Lorca did, probably didn't like her very much. Well, uh, we've always uh, usually looked forward to new episodes, uh, in the last part of our show. So what do you think? Any new ideas about what the lights are, who the angel is, uh, where Spock is, how they're, what they're going to do with this uh, oh, Ghostbuster, yeah. this ghost that they aren't afraid of, that they've trapped? I mean, I'm interested to see what um, that fungus thing wanted with Stamets. Because she knew Stamets. Right. Which I think I think she's confusing him with the other with the mere Stamets. Oh, okay. But um, since that spore is from the other universe, yeah. But um, it's so odd to me because like 
an alien making someone hallucinate, that's like a monster of the week type TOS episode. But an alien that is making you hallucinate and the hallucination has like an agenda, like the alien is trying to make something happen. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I'm very excited to see what it wants. <laughs> For me, it it makes me wonder if, and I don't, I don't know if this is good or bad, if the hue that, um, that Stamets has been seeing uh, mm -hmm. in the network is not hue. It is merely like yeah. aliens from contact. Like it seems beneficial, but it's taken on this face that he recognizes mm -hmm. and specifically in the moment where it encourages him, you know, to be able to fly the ship through the network. It's like, I'll take this face because he trusts this person and, and I want to help this yeah. guy. Mm -hmm. But then when, if he finds out later that, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's just a face, then it's not going to be great. No, no. I mean, I was never super, I was always very suspicious of that. Um, Sighting, <laughs> sightings, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Oof, oof. Stay, stay uh, honestly, he he really could. I also kind of expected them to have um, uh, Mir Colbert back by now. Oh yeah. I didn't expect them to have um that character gone for so long. We haven't really touched on Stamets that much this season yet. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, he's he's in the opening credits now, isn't he? Uh, Hugh Hugh Culver, mm -hmm. uh, Wilson Cruz. So, yeah, he'll have to be coming back in some form soon. Mm -hmm. So that's there. Our prediction: he is coming back soon. <laughs> Maybe next week will be a stand-up. Maybe episode. next week we'll see. Uh, well, I think that's it for our show this week. So thanks for joining us, listeners. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EIST Pod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals, which, as I mentioned last week and I'll mention again this week, is back on Wednesday of next week. Uh, that is the 6th, so tune in for that. Uh, and you can also get notification when Discoverage episodes are released, which will be going forward on Thursdays, assuming there's internet. Uh, and the <laughs> creek don't rise and the temperature don't fall and you can tweet to us on the show during the show by using the hashtag discoverage or you can email us at eistpod at gmail.com and when you're on the internet why not head to your listening platform or podcatcher of choice and subscribe to our show give us a rating and give us a re review if you think of it because that really does help us out and you can check out our merch. We've got merch at TeePublic. If you go to tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash just enough trope, that's our parent network. You can find our snazzy Trek gear. Also, check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. And as always, if you like the show, tell a friend. Discoverage will return on February 7th for the next episode of Season 2 of Star Trek Discovery. That episode is called An Obel for Charon. Wow, these titles. Uh, and we'll feature the return of The Enterprise and the debut of Rebecca, Re Rebecca Romaine as number one. I'm looking forward to that. You? Oh, my gosh. So excited. Yeah, that's going to be great. In the meantime, you can check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, at enterprisingindividuals.com. On that show, every week, I and a guest discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek sphere, updates on Star Trek Discovery, and interviews with special guests. And now's a great time to catch up. Like I said, new shows start next week. Check it out, enterprisingindividuals.com. Ella, thanks for joining me on the show. Where can people find Generations Geek online? Um, Generations Geek on Twitter 
and Instagram. And uh, my uh, other half of the show, my father, is actually in London right now with me. So there's going to be lots of fun um, pictures coming up on the Instagram. (laughs) Awesome. Great. So uh, Instagram Generations Geek. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's it for us. Thanks for listening, listeners. We're signing off, and this is Aaron for Ella saying, live long and prosper. 